0: My name is Nicole Block. I am your host for Hints from HR. Um, With me as always is Ms. Becca Ramadi, Vice President of TAAEF. Hello, Ms. Becca.
1: Hello.
0: I want to welcome back another guest. You've probably seen, you'll remember seeing her from a previous episode. Ms. Jen Picotti. She's with Swift Bunny, and she is our chief learning officer. Um, She always has great feedback for us, just as we talk about engagement and motivation, uh, and just all of those leadership attributes that we're we're always trying to fine tune um, here in this industry and beyond. So, um, Jen, thanks for joining us. And can you can you remind the audience what you do for Swift Bunny? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to be back. This is such a great. Uh, opportunity and a great venue for um,
2: information that people really want and need right now. Uh, but I am the chief learning officer with Swift Bunny. So a lot of what I do is provide coaching um, and executive insight for property management companies um, and their leadership teams who are trying to figure out what's important to my employees. How can we best support them? How can we help them be most productive in their work? Um, so I do a lot of that Uh, with a lot of executive teams. And then I also get to go around and and speak at a variety of conferences and share all of the data that we are constantly gathering. I think at any given time, we've got data from over 8,000 employees within our industry. So um, there's great insights. There's a lot of things that remain the same over time. And there's a lot of things that we see pop up as hotspots. And so those are some of the things I'm excited to share with you all today of what we're seeing in the industry right now.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but Jen, I believe you are the first two-time guest in Hints from HR. <laughs> so that's a round of a applause.
0: Round of applause. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I, I so There'll there's be an award. Hold on. Let me present it to you. I don't know where you are <laughs> in my, my try screen but we'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, but but again, the, the the data that you have is so so valid. And one of the things that we appreciate about Swift Bunny, and, and I want to make sure the audience caught that, is this is industry specific to multifamily. You know, we as, you know, o- operators, you know, suppliers, job seekers, we've all taken, you know, different types of engagement surveys through companies, you know, that that survey pretty much everyone. Um, but what I love about Swift Bunny is that you really lean into our industry. And so I think that the information, like you said, is really poignant because it's what our team members are saying and so I think it you're giving us the answers to the test in so many ways yeah, um, yeah. but I, you know I want to jump into the 2022 employment engagement um, survey that you guys have had released and I want you to give a couple of the highlights you know some things like you said weren't a surprise um, some of the things might be um, let's start that conversation and remind the teams that are out there listening um, you know what we'll be discussing today based off of that survey.
2: Yeah, so this is based on the 2022 Employee Engagement Risk Report. So we really wanted to find out for this year, 2022, what are the things that are going to have the greatest negative impact Mm -hmm. on employees? What are the things that could potentially cause them to leave, whether it's leave your own company or whether it's leave the industry completely? Sure. We wanted to identify those things because based on a leadership poll of executives at the beginning of the year, we asked them, what are your greatest concerns um, for the upcoming year of 2022? And they said staff retention and staff recruitment. It wasn't operational budget. It wasn't, you know, um, vacancy loss, which we've seen very commonly over the past years, it was all about people. And so we wanted to help figure out what are the things that we can focus on. Now, we have all heard about compensation. Mm -hmm. Compensation has been a big challenge. Um, And so that's kind of the big elephant in the room of
0: what do we do about compensation? So we'll touch on that a little bit. So before she jumps back on, uh, we did talk about compensation. And I know that you know, with it being that kind of elephant in the room, one of the things that we were discussing, I know Becca is that, especially on the maintenance side of the house, that, you know, this has been a conversation as an industry that we have been talking about for years, as far as trying to figure out how to catch up with the, you know, even whether it be the value monetarily, or even like the respect for what their position brings, you know, to our industry. Um, but I think that those are, you know some of the the challenges we've been talking about for for quite some time. I know the maintenance council you had mentioned. I think was right. the very the very first call that we had, and I don't know was that last year? I think so I, it was my, last
1: February, yeah. and we got these you know these high level maintenance folks together to talk about where are they finding people and what kind of skills do they need, and really the the conversation ended up all being about value and the right. lack of value that they even as high level maintenance employees. Feel. And so I think that's something that industry really has to think about, whether it's compensation as a way to show value or, you know, how they're treated or how, you know, different things like that. So it's definitely a conversation yet to be had in a real meaningful way.
0: Well, and, and, and ramping it up. And, in, and many of the topics that we've talked about on our podcast are just really planting seeds for the job seeker, for the operator and for the supplier to work on every day. These are not ones and dones. You can't say, oh, I was a good leader today. I'm good for the week, right? You have to be a good leader every day and you have to make sure that you're focusing on your team's growth and development and making sure they feel valued every day. And that's how, that's the only way we can really build that value for lack of a better term, right? To where our associates feel that they know why they're there. They feel like they make a difference. They feel that they are empowered. You know, all of those things, growth and development. Um, some of the topics I know that Jen, um, who's probably frantically trying to <laughs> get on right now, um, you know, is ready to discuss. But I think that the, you know for our you know executives to say we're focused on retention and recruitment you know that's really gosh a year or two after you and I were t- talking about it you know as well like making yeah. sure that that's a focus
1: yeah um, and i think what's really interesting about this conversation is that you know compensation is such an issue but at the same time there are things that can be done to show value to to engage and right. you know help our people feel like they want to stay that don't necessarily have to do with compensation. And yeah. those are meaningful things as well. Well,
0: General- and I think, I think that we also discuss, you know, I know with, with our teams, we talk about what is controllable right now and what is not. And some things are not in our direct control. Some things, again, it's a seed you plant for tomorrow, but what can we control right now and how we are approaching our team um, and how again, we show up every day to, to support their, their their mission, their values, um, their vision, and make sure that aligns with your companies. Again, whether you're a supplier or an operator or even like a job seeker, um, you know, kind of going through and looking at what you are wanting to join as far as a company or an industry. Um, all of those things are really important, but we have to be living that every single day. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start going to some of the topics I know Jen wanted to cover. Um so so Becca And I'm okay. here. So know- okay
2: awesome when it works right <laughs>
0: and we did kind of cover to say you know jen some of the compensation um kind of overview that we talked about as far mm-hmm. as what's controllable you know definitely building value and then but also kind of acknowledging that that's something to consider as an industry um but then also talking about the three or four other topics i know that we're going to roll into um that you found in your survey that we want to kind of dig a little deeper into um but i want to ensure you know we didn't you know miss anything from your overview. So, I don't know if you wanted to add to that before we jump in. Um but I know I that think, we- go ahead. Yeah, hearing some some bits and
2: pieces of of what we were saying. It really is all about value. It really is all about people feeling respected um uh, especially our our maintenance team members, you know, and and you probably you may have mentioned this, but one of the biggest things we hear is, you know, I've been here. I I stuck through all the COVID stuff. Yeah. Uh I know this property inside and out and um Now you've brought in this brand new green maintenance person and you're paying them the same or even more than Mm -hmm. me. And that feels like a slap in the face. And even if everything else is fantastic, even if every, every part of their, their job is wonderful, that one thing, it feels, it really cuts deep. Um, Just that lack of respect, that perception of the lack of respect. Um, So that's something that companies can just be cognizant of
0: Mm -hmm. when they are bringing on new employees. Yeah. And, and markets are changing. I mean, I oh, yeah. think that as you're, you know, sometimes whenever I'm talking to you know, some of the managers in my group, when we're talking about what's going on and we're recruiting and trying to hire, you know, markets change. We do the same thing with our rents. If you want to think about it that way, you know, if, if the rents are going up, they're kind of going up for everybody. And so you have to take a look at the people that are living with you. Right. And then you have to take a look at the people that are going to be living with you. And I think that as companies we're a little behind in this industry behind the eight ball, if you will, of, of really doing that with with salaries as much, and I think that's changing. Um, like yep. I said, Beck and I—I I like we've been talking about this for two years. So I'm glad we're kind of I'm glad everybody uh, else is with us. But uh, I was
1: going to say, Nicole, your reference of you know looking at rents changing and yep. needing to increase or uh, adjust the market. I mean, we there've been numerous occasions when we've referenced the resident-facing side of things as a way of looking at what we should be doing internally. So. Right. Onboarding for employees. Well, what are you doing for when your new resident comes in? Look at those types of things, and this is just another example of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: that's sort of struck me.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's a blind spot, and that's why we we really do try and here in this podcast, that we need to put it in terms that our operators and suppliers are going to understand, right? So we're trying to make sure this is as sometimes it's just as simple. We make it too difficult, you know, Uh, and I know that. Not everyone listening to this podcast makes all the decisions in their company. But you guys do have a voice. And I do think that the more we do talk about those types of things, hopefully the more um, impact we're going to have. But kind of going back to Jen's overview and kind of steering it back to that engagement risk report and then some of the things that you um, that you found, Jen, I wanted to kind of talk about three areas. And I'm going to review them real quickly and then we'll kind of go back into them step by step. Um, But the three biggest reasons why people are leaving beyond compensation that you found, and then of course feel free to correct me if I'm missing this, but professional development, uh, internal communication, and then overall workload. So those three things are items that, you know, you identified as why people are making the choice to leave, again, beyond compensation. Um, Is there anything else that you would add to that before we dig in? No, these really are the the leading things.
2: And I will say, you know, when it comes to professional development and, and career development, That has been at the top of the list for a while. And Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. so it's staying there. The other two we're seeing more of than we ever have before. Um, And I think one thing that really strikes me when it comes to professional development is right now we are so strapped for people we have so many shortages that we really do need every single employee in the exact role that they're currently in. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's really difficult for supervisors or management team members to say, oh yeah, let's move someone, let's progress someone. Um, They might talk about bench strength, but when it comes to actually moving someone into a new role, it feels very scary because Mm -hmm. there's not necessarily someone to backfill whatever uh, open space that's going to create but the thing is this is a desire that many employees have and by the way there are a lot of employees who love doing exactly what they're doing right now mm-hmm. and they they want to be that that whatever it is they want to be the best whatever it is they are uh, they don't have any desire to to be a manager or to you know move into a different department and so we have to be aware of those people but that doesn't mean they don't want to develop They want to become the subject matter expert of that role. They want to understand the new technologies. They want to understand that. But when we're talking about people who are interested in growth and moving into another role or another uh, title, we can't just pretend like that doesn't exist. We can't pretend that, um, you know, by not talking about it, that it's just going to go away because Uh what will happen and what is happening and what has happened is, if we're not going to have the conversation, and if I feel that there is no place for me to go here, then I'm going to go somewhere else yeah. where there well, is room. And so when, you're not solving a problem by not talking yeah. about it.
0: Well, and I think that too. You know, a couple of things on growth and development, as you guys know, it's like one of my my biggest passions, probably. Um, but I would I would say that you know if you think about like a lot of times people have a. a, a kind of a, a mix-up vision. And so when, I, when I'm growing and developing people, I mean, actively trying and, of course, pouring into the ones that want it. And again, you're, you're right. Some people are like, hey, I'm great where I'm at. Well, am I perfect? Well, then you're going to be the best XYZ, you know, while you're there and I want you to still grow in place. But here's what, you know, my teams, we really have a philosophy on, like, you know, when they'll say, well, what if we grow them and they leave? Yeah, but what if we don't and they stay? So exactly. we are really, so we are really like hamstringing our workforce because we're not pouring into them, and then then maybe maybe they stay and then mediocre is as good as you're going to get. Um, yeah. wh- whereas if you do take. The time, or I even say, make the time, because we all have to make time for what's important, and figure out what they want to grow in. Growing in places is a term that we use all the time, because you can't you can't always climb that ladder proverbially. But are you going to be ready when the rung is presented to you? And I think that we really try to focus on that with our teams. And if you don't, um, they'll know that. And 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 again, we're. You know, as leaders, that's our responsibility. And, you know, someone got us here, right? We didn't get here on our own. So I think that we have to really continue to pay that forward with our teams and ensure that they're doing the same. Um, But yeah, but I I think the growth and development piece, they will go if they feel like they're not going anywhere. But I also think explaining what growth looks like to them and making sure you agree, I think that's where, you know, and that kind of goes into the second bullet point we're going to talk to here in a little bit um, is that growth feels and looks different to everyone as far as what they yeah. want. And as leaders, we have to be able to pivot and and be able to give what they need so that they feel like they're not stagnant. I mean, I think coming out of COVID, I mean, everyone was just holding on for their lives. They're holding on for their jobs. They're hoping not to get laid off. And we made lots of life decisions and we're going to reevaluate everyone's state of affairs. And I think now people are like, okay, again, where am I valued? Um I think, I think that, yeah, I, you're right on with that one. I totally agree. and and it has always been number one. i, mm-hmm. I, I, I gosh I think I've been seeing this for eight or ten years. So if you haven't gotten on that bandwagon yet, you better get on quick because this left the station. <laughs> yeah,
2: and there's a couple, you know, you talk about controllables, and there's right. a couple things that you can control. It doesn't mean that you're just hand like everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets sure. a new title. That's not what we're talking about. Um, but number one, one of the easiest things a company can do uh, every month, is to send out to every employee, every single one, make sure everyone knows about the all the current open positions. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that we're good at as an industry is saying, hey, do you know anyone who's interested in X? What we don't do is, is anyone interested in this opening? Sure. It's, a, it's a subtle thing, but it's a different. And most, not most, but I, I would say more than a third of all multifamily employees say that they do not feel that they are, that their company notifies all the employees of all open positions. Mm -hmm. Now, just because you notify that there's an opening, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to choose an internal candidate. Mm -hmm. So, and then I think, you know, that's something that I've heard from managers. Well, they think, you know, now they'll think that, well, we're just going to hire from within. And it's like, well, no, I think people are wiser
1: than that. But I love that it plants a seed. Yeah. And somebody might not be thinking about what their next step might be, but it gives them an opportunity to think, oh, well, maybe I'm good for this role or maybe this is something I could consider. And, and by showing them and making it accessible, it's just even information that can be so helpful.
0: And that's what I was just thinking, maybe making that active stance, because think about all of that. You know, we, we've given suggestions on what does your website say about your culture? What does it say about your, you know, your diversity, your equity, your inclusion? And a lot of times they think, oh, it's posted but is it a passive stance that you're taking? You know, I'm sure your internal postings are on your website, ladies and gentlemen that are out there, but are you actively sending a link out to all of your people? Like you said, making an active role. I will also say I've been surprised um, in approaching some candidates saying, Hey, I saw that this was open and they're like, Oh, well, I, they think they're going to, sometimes they think we're going to approach them, Um, you know, and because they're like, Oh, if if she here, or he thinks I'm you know uh, uh, you know maybe a candidate they'll let me know so you just have to also know your 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 base of, of your of your internal customer and, and what they're you know thinking and feeling and don't wait for them to apply if you really think you've got someone that's got some um you know opportunity you know again it's a two-way street so
2: yeah it is a two-way street and i think educating you know what another topic that comes up is that um a good portion i think one in five uh multi employees they' say they don't have a clear understanding of their career path. I think Mm -hmm. there's this misconception that there are these very clear X, Y, Z, you know, follow the breadcrumb trail to the next role. That's not always the case. You know, everyone's career path looks wildly different from each Uh. other. And so- just by, first of all, if you're notifying people here, 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 are the openings that can spark some really great conversations with employees and their supervisors saying, Hey, you know, I was kind of interested in that. How would I prepare? How, how do I get ready to apply for something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is supervisors taking an active role in telling their team, Hey, if any of you are ever interested in anything, don't assume that someone's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and be like, you you're you, the one, you, are the one. Yeah. you know, you need to come to me and say, Hey, I'm interested, yeah. uh, raise your hand or ask questions about it. Cause otherwise I can't read your mind yeah. if you're even interested. And sometimes, you know, especially right now, we're also strapped yeah. that you may just not have time to go up to the person and be like, Hey, you know, I think that you,
0: you could, you could apply for this. Yeah, no, so I, the- I think that that makes, I mean, all, all the sense in the world. And again, why it's been number one for so long. Um, I want to give a little bit of time to the the two newer ones on the list. Um, I think that, you know, if we've been, if all of us have been, you know, beating the drum for professional growth and development for 10 years, and we're still barely scratching the surface, we better start beating these drums pretty quick. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> I'm all boom, boom, boom. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about internal communication. Can you give us a quick highlight, Jen, of what they were specifically um, gauging or giving feedback on when they mentioned internal communication?
2: Yes. And there's two facets of this. There's micro communication, well, what I'm calling it, micro communication and macro communication. And micro being, you know, if I have an issue, I have a question, I have a need, and I send an, a, an email to an internal um, team member, whether it's to accounting or to my regional or whoever it might be, I'm not getting a response quickly right. now on site I know that the general rule is if an if a resident you know emails or calls we're supposed to get back to them within 24 hours or same day that's the expectation that's typically set for on-site team members with residents and yet internally within companies we don't have the same standard and mm-hmm. so a manager can be you know sending an email to accounting and they wait two or three days and then they leave a voicemail and they wait another day and they're not getting the information they need and one of the biggest challenges they're having right now are authorizations. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of companies meaning well over the course of the pandemic, um, centralize a lot of things. Yeah. And th- with the goal of we want to take things off the manager's plate, the assistant manager's plate, we want to centralize these things so you don't have to worry about them. Now, that concept and that thought process is fantastic. The reality though, in many cases, it, is that the some of the things that they used to be able to do very quickly, like, uh, get rid of a late fee or whatever it might be, or go and, you know, make a purchase at home Depot because they need, you know, a wrench. I don't know. (laughs) Now they've got to go instead of being able to internally approve those things or make those things happen. They now must rely on a centralized um, person or department. Yeah. Yeah. More red tape and it takes more time and, the, what the end result is that the resident gets frustrated with that onsite team member. Right. Why aren't you helping me? Why can't you fix this? And the manager or assistant or the leasing team member is like, oh, I'm waiting for the, right. so the the authorization.
0: For sure. I, I can see the authorization piece and, and red tape is just the devil. I, I totally support that. <laughs> and again, your um, yeah, intentions are good, but execution is poor. So I, I definitely am not yeah. um, surprised to see that. So that's on the, you said' you're on the micro version. that's on the so micro
2: a, version. Yeah, on the was, macro version, macro. We see that uh, people are really hungry to hear from leadership. And the companies that have been most successful, especially through the course of the pandemic as far as engagement and people understanding what's going on, are those who had regularly scheduled all hands meetings. Mm-hmm. and you know, whether it was once a month or every couple of weeks, and in some cases every week, where leadership would, do like a Zoom call with everyone. Everyone was invited, and it wasn't necessarily a long meeting. It could be 15, 30 minutes, but it was a place for everyone to have access to hearing what's going on, what's the plan, how are we doing this process this week, um, yeah. what new developments are coming on board, uh, you know, those types of things where everyone felt in the loop. So if there was a major change in policy process, etc., everyone could hear the same thing at the same time mm-hmm. because what mm-hmm. tends to happen is. filter down information you know the leadership tells regionals who tell their property managers who tell their teams and we rely on that for a lot of of different things but what happens is it becomes the ultimate game of telephone and who whether intentional or not if we are are asked to pass along a message what we tend to do is cherry pick the things that we think are most important or most relevant or things that are most important to us and that's the information that gets transferred And it's not necessarily the full picture. And especially for our onsite maintenance teams and leasing team members, they're really eager to know what's going on. And also having that access to leadership and seeing them and hearing them talk, that's a part of being exposed to the company culture. That's something where they get to understand the personality and the heart of of the company that they're working for. And that's something that resonates with everyone. So creating that those all hands opportunities on a regular basis, not once a year, I'm talking monthly. Yeah. Um, it really brings people together. It helps people feel like an insider, that they're important enough, they're valued enough to hear the same information as everyone else at the same time. Um, so those two things have huge impact on um, employee engagement and just feeling, if we talk about value, that that's huge when it comes to value.
0: Yeah, and I think the vehicle is really important too. I think you know, with the, I mean, the advent of Zoom, right? As far mm-hmm. as just going through this pandemic, is that we we do as leaders need to make ourselves more, you know, um, accessible. I definitely do on a weekly basis with my groups, um, and then also individually as well. Um, so it's just hitting that that prong toward the growth and development and that internal communication because we don't, we want to make sure everyone does hear that same message. So I think that super valid. And also as leaders, I feel like I have a better pulse of what's going on in my world. Cause again, it's a two-way street. Whenever I have everybody in the, you know, they can just say, Hey, did you know that so-and-so was building over here? I'm like, no, I didn't. All right. So let me go take a look at that. Right. <laughs> um, and Jen, I would
1: imagine that if companies did a good job of that during COVID, and then all of a sudden the communication stops, stops. because there's yep. let, a perceived less of a perceived need, that's frustrating as well. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, cause a lot of issues as well. So I guess the message is that this isn't just a COVID thing. This no, is something that should be yep. All the time, again, not one and done, like Nicole said, but I mean, I can just imagine how um, frustrating that is combined with our next topic of workload, (laughs) um, those things together could just totally drive somebody out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with workload, I mean, I know we, again, another topic we've talked about is that I think that we have, you know, we've had to do you know, more with less um, for the, you know, for 2020 and 2021. And and I think in a lot of times, in a lot of ways that became the new normal and we, you know, and we're really not unraveling that. So I'm not surprised that workload is also um, coming up on that. So we just have like three or four minutes left in our in our time together, Jen, but I wanted to see kind of what your high level and kind of the explanation like you did before, if you can kind of share what was specifically given as far as feedback around workload.
2: Oh, well, we know staffing shortages. It's causing yeah. more work for more people um, or for less people. Less people. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not more people. We want more people. We need more people. Um, <laughs> we need more people. But we really have this opportunity to to really uh, lean into technology in a way that we haven't before. And we saw it work during COVID. And all, it's so funny, so many companies now that the restrictions are being list, lifted. It's like, okay, let's go totally back to quote unquote normal. And it's like, Hey, we learned something here. Let's embrace that. Yeah. People are willing to engage with chatbots with leasing, and that keeps them in the sales funnel. Let's let's hold on to those things. There are more options for virtual and self guided tours. Let's lean into, into that. Let's make that available and relieve some of the burden off of um, the in person leasing tours because people yeah. they like it. They actually have higher closing rates in many cases um, for people who do self guided tours. On the maintenance side of things, there are cool diagnostic tools like Meso is one um, company that's come out where, you know, a resident can take a video of whatever the issue is and the system somehow says, okay, this appears to be the problem. Here are the potential tools and parts you may need and let's schedule the tech for this time frame. And it cuts back and cuts down on the diagnostic time. And there's some companies who are testing that out and finding some great results. We have another company who's um, shifting their work hours. So instead for maintenance, so instead of being like you know eight to five or seven to four or whatever it might be, they're doing noon to nine p.m., which is essentially reducing all on-call stuff. Mm-hmm. We definitely do because that, and that's been a game changer, huge game changer. So people, leaders just have to be willing to look at what it, what things worked. During the pandemic, yeah. and you know the residents are more—they're um, more willing to be flexible. They're more willing to, uh, like, if the if the the office is closed one day a week, they're okay with that. They're fine with that. Um, so there's these types of things where we need to look at how do we take care of our teams, communicate well to the residents of what's going on, and find the technology that's actually going to reduce the busy work of our team members and let them bring the value add, the personal touches where needed, returning phone calls and emails on, on leads, that might not be the best, uh, use of time if chatbots can answer some of those questions, for example.
0: To wrap all this up, it's just the it's just the same things we're discussing is like, is it, you know, listen to this podcast, these are some ideas. Go back to your company. What are you doing? What can you do? And I think we can always do more than we think we can. Exactly. And and I think that this having this data, this raw data, which I love about Swift Bunny, is that, the, and again, this is industry specific, guys, like our audience is telling us what they want and what they need. And so we have the answers to the test. It's up to us to circle back i'm again not surprised about the professional growth and development um but that internal communication um and workload i think they go hand in hand and i think those are things that um are topics for the future and will continue to be um you know because again compensation still kind of plays into that so as we're working through um, these staffing shortages which directly impacts workload right um so i think that you know all of these are interconnected and whether again you're a job seeker looking to, to jump in with us here in the crazy multifamily world Um, An operator or a supplier. I think these are all things that you know we've been talking about, and again, we will continue to talk about so that we can ensure that you're building the best teams that have the best culture and the best, you know, really overall performance. Because if you focus on your people, then that's where your performance lies. So, thank you again, Jen. I know that we had some technical difficulties. Again, thank you so much. We really appreciate what you do for our industry and what your company does. Um, and it's always great topics um, that we can think on until we can get better. So appreciate your time. My um, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Becca, thank you as, as usual. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys.